from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. It is one day closer to that AFC championship game that the Chiefs are ready to face those Titans. And the story of the day is that I, like most of Chiefs Kingdom, am sick and tired of waiting for what's going to happen with Chris Jones. He was on the field today, but didn't actually practice uh, wearing a neoprene sleeve. That'll generally help keep the calf warm, but... Man, I, I'm ready for him to show back up. I think everybody's ready for him to show back up. The problem is, is I don't know that he's going to until Sunday. We will not know. Uh, my guess is, is he's not going to do anything tomorrow. It'll be the same thing that he did today, and we just won't know. Uh, the nice thing is he is watching practice, so he's he's seeing what they're doing on the field. Uh, he's not having to go through uh, you know, rehab, uh, which we talked to Matt about yesterday. Uh, so I think that's a good sign. So it's possible he's going to be available this week. I just don't think they're going to push it. So at this point, uh, my guess is that he does not practice at all tomorrow, and uh, he's still going to be questionable, but it's going to be a game-time decision on Sunday. Yeah, I have a tendency to lean exactly where you're going to because it's just (sighs) – I'm confident. I have to feel like the team is confident in what they're about to do this weekend. And if that's the case, if there's – if he can't generate power out of it, then it's a moot point anyway. But even if it's partial, you have to keep an eye towards knowing that you're that confident in what you can do this weekend, that you got to keep him available, not risk further injury for what might be a Super Bowl appearance. Absolutely. And I understand everybody's going to say, or a lot of people will say that, you know, you have to win this game to get to the next game. And I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I completely understand where they're going with that thought process. But to me, you look at this game, and can Kansas City beat Tennessee without Chris Jones? In my opinion, yes. Would he help? He could. Is he going to help a lot? I don't know, honestly. He's not a great run defender, which is really, I think, what this game is going to come down to. He's more of a pass rush guy, and he can help out in the run game. But And having that bigger body there would help, uh, you know, keeping guys fresher. But I don't know that he's going to be a big factor in this game uh, when it comes to stopping the run. Yeah, and I agree with you, and I think that's a common misconception because I've seen two different major media outlets put in their rundown of this game that Chris Jones is the best interior run defender on this Chiefs roster. Clearly, they don't know this roster very well because he's not even the second. Naughty and Pinnell are better at him versus the run, period. And if you're looking at, at Henry... Is he even the you, third? Well, I was trying to give him the doubt. I don't even know the third. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to play I'm just devil's saying. advocate here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just saying. I don't know that he's even the third. I think yeah, Xavier that, Williams would probably take that. That could be true. But I, the point is that if you're worried about Derrick Henry, and I, I think the team, what they've mentioned so far is that they're 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 focused on him. If that's what it is, and that's what you feel that Tennessee has to bring to this game, and and continue down the path that they've gone down so far, and that's feeding Derrick Henry then I don't know that that is the loss that you feel it is. I kind of feel differently. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but you're absolutely right. Chris Jones brings pass rush. He brings penetration. And while that can help against the run game, um, I put in the film room this week, it's the cutback in the zone that is really dangerous. And so if you're jumping gaps, that leaves holes and may even facilitate some cutback runs by Derrick Henry. So I'd rather have a stout defender in there that is there for the run to begin with. And I understand that. And it's going to be something that we're going to have to watch going forward. I really do think that if he is not able to push off or good to good push off, 
They will hold him out of this game, and that is going to be a big loss for Kansas City because I do think that at some point in this game, they're going to have to worry about the pass. I I do think that they're going to try to use Derrick Henry as much as they possibly can, but if Kansas City starts out fast, Derrick Henry is not going to be the way that Tennessee gets back into this game. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with you. And that, that scenario where Casey were to get out to a lead, which is something Tyree Kill talked about the other day post-game, that they can't let themselves get down again. Okay, well, the opposite of that is getting out to a big lead. I agree with you. I think that facilitates the Titans having to throw more. But we're going to take a break. When we get back, we are going to dig into the specifics and what the scenario might look like. So one thing that I want to say is that's not the only reason the pass might be important because I kind of feel in the back of my mind, Vrabel's shown himself, particularly with what he did to run out the clock a couple weeks ago, like he's more savvy than he's given credit for. And so I kind of feel like they might, you know, zig when everybody else is zagging. And if you feel like he has to feed Henry, he has to feed Henry. And Derek Henry even said today on, on around the NFL that I think I get in a rhythm the more carries I get was his quote. That's fair. But if I'm Vrabel, I come out, and in my first 15-play script, I'm starting to throw the ball on play action right away to try and take advantage of what I think is a defense that's going to be keyed up to stop Henry. And I think that's a very good point. I think the variable can come out and, and do that. The problem you're going to run into with Tannehill throwing the ball like you're talking about is he's been he's played fantastic this year, but you were trying to go into the teeth of the Chiefs defense. Now, granted, they have they're going to be keyed up to stopping the run, and, and that is going to be an issue. And play action definitely uh, is going to cause issues for this team, especially with when you know they're going to be trying to stop Henry. But Tannehill has to be almost perfect. And in the two playoff games he's played so far this year, he really hasn't been. Uh, he is what, completed 50% of his throws, just over 50% of his throws. He's only thrown 39, sorry, 29 passes, I believe, and he's completed less than. 60% of them. That's a problem if you're going to come out firing. It is. It is. I, I think it might be their best chance, though, if you can catch a defense off guard because they've prepared for one thing. Honestly, much like they did last time where the Chiefs prepared and made inactive decisions about stopping the pass rather than the run. And maybe you can, you can flip it. I don't know. So I, I just want everybody to be prepared for both and play this game as though anything can hurt them. Well, and I understand where you're going, and, and I do think that it's possible that Kansas City is going to want to come out and try to stop the run and try to stop Henry early, and they're going to, uh, you know, put eight in the box and try to make have Tannehill beat them. And, and Tannehill has played very well this year. Please don't take it as a slight to Tannehill because he has played very well with this team. But you're playing into Kansas City's strength. Their secondary mm-hmm. is their strength. Getting after the passer is their strength. They have the ability to get after the passer. Frank Clark is playing fantastic. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to me to see how they use Frank Clark and how they blitz Tannehill when he is throwing the ball. Because you, I, I guarantee you they're going to be doing run blitzes just as much as they're going to be doing pass blitzes. Yeah, and, and they have to. I mean, that's, that's a key because when you look at that matchup, it's about that offensive line versus the defensive line. And they, the, the thing that gives you the edge when it's five on four is sending that linebacker. So I agree with you. They have to run blitz some. I, I personally want to see Reggie coming downhill quite a bit, but I think Damian Wilson might be a, a very good option as well, especially because I don't think they'll see it as much. But 
That said, there's some basics that go in that offense. They run zone blocking scheme, just like the Chiefs do. They run outside zone pretty heavily. And the thing that I noticed when I was doing the film review, particularly on Henry, is that a lot of his big runs come on the cutbacks. So it's about backside discipline for both the tackles as well as the backside linebackers. I think that's going to be key. And it makes me feel like they're going to have to play three of them. Definitely could be. And you start looking at what this matchup is going to mean and and how the Chiefs are going to handle this game. It is nerve-wracking to see what Henry has done against some good defenses because New England had a good defense. Baltimore had a good defense. Kansas City is getting to a point where they have a good defense. But how does Spagnuolo slow down Derrick Henry, and how is he going to go into this game knowing that what what you said is right? I mean, they could come out and try and throw in the ball because that's what everybody expects them not to do. But what if they do come out that way and that's what they do? If they mm-hmm. come out and try to throw the ball and Kansas City's not ready for it, you could see Kansas City down early again, and then you're in a position where you can't come back because they're going to be running the ball down your throat in the second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter. And, and you know, there's a lot of discussion about what time of possession means. And, and Josh, if you're out there, I'm talking to you. And it, that's the scenario where it does mean something. When you are down, when you're not efficient enough with your scoring so that you are behind, It's that's when the run game and eating that clock really matters. I don't foresee that. I feel like this offense... Is fire on all cylinders. I think they understand that they almost let something slip away last week. And, and I will put it more on the, on the offense than the defense, but I do expect if they come out and you have guys like Logan Ryan that's playing well. Um, I think the biggest thing again is going to be up front. Jarrell Casey has been playing out of his mind. And when you look at him playing against even Wiz, who I, I think is the best prepared to, to take him on because of experience, because of the little things that years in the league gives you, but. Uh, Ryder, even going over to LDT, I feel like he's he's got the advantage for the most part. And I, I'm a little concerned about inside pressure and what that does to Mahomes. Yeah, and I get it. And I, I want to go into the stats real quick. Looking back at last the last time that these two teams met, Tennessee was two for eight on third downs. They were zero for one on fourth downs. I just looking at the way this game played out. Uh, eight pen- or nine penalties for 80 yards for Kansas City, eight penalties for 64 yards for Tennessee. Uh, both teams lost a fumble. Kansas City fumbled the ball twice. But Kansas City had time of possession of 38 minutes compared to 22 minutes for the Tennessee Titans. That doesn't make sense with the way Tennessee ended up winning that game with running the ball the way they did. But the key there is, is that Tennessee, Kansas City held the ball a lot in the first half and really didn't put any points on the board. Exactly. Tennessee held the ball in the second half and did put points on the board and really ran Henry down their throats. So you have to be ready for that. You have to actually score points when you have the opportunities because Tennessee's defense did not stop Kansas City the first time they played. Kansas City stopped Kansas City in multiple different drives. Yeah, exactly what I'm talking about. Like if when you fail to score on especially when you're an offense that is this efficient and this explosive when you come up short and actually putting points on the board, that's when you fail the rest of it. And that's what allows a team like the Titans that have a much slower pace to catch up with you. And the interesting thing to me is when we look at the matchup itself, when we look at rankings, DVOA, uh, yards gained, the whole nine yards, it's it's strength versus weakness on both sides. The, the Titans have the third best rushing attack, and the Chiefs are 23rd against the rush. Now, that's better than it was last year at 31, but it's still not the upper half, which we had hoped for. They are upper half in the rest of the categories, but 
overall, it is what it is. And when you flip it over, the Chiefs passing game is fifth um, for the regular season stats versus the 21st passing defense. Now, that's one thing, but then you see things like Logan Ryan, Adore Jackson, uh, Tremaine Brock, of all people. I did not expect to see that. And Kevin Byard are all in their top five in terms of PFF ratings from last week. Their secondary woke up and was paying attention against what Lamar was doing. Can that happen again versus Mahomes? Is the style different enough? I don't know. Uh, that's a great question. And, you know, you start looking at the depth of what Tennessee has been doing on offense. Their last four, I think it's 40 out of their last 41 scores have been touchdowns. They're not kicking field goals. Mm. That is a completely different situation with going up against this team. If you are going, if they get into where you think that it would normally be field goal range, it's four down territory. They're not kicking a field goal. They will not take the points. So it's a situation where if you can force third and fourth down, you have a 50-50 chance, and, and maybe it's not as high as 50-50, but you have a pretty good chance that they're not going to get any points because they're not going to kick it. That's yeah. a huge deal. That is. It means you have to be prepared, and it's that those short yardage defenses that just have to be ready. It's, oh, I hope it doesn't come down to those things, but you never know. So, Well, I think it's going to come down to those things, and what I'm going to be very interested to see is how does Spagnolo put pressure on Tannehill in those situations? Because you would have to figure that if it's third and fourth and short, that a run is a big possibility. But at the same time, you can't just sell out against the run and give up an easy long pass or easy even short pass for a conversion. Yeah, I think play action is going to be key. And without Juan Thornhill, it becomes a little bit iffier, although I am really happy with what Fuller did last week. So when we get back, we're going to go over specifically what we think are four goals for this team to to accomplish a win, and then we'll give you our predictions. Can you believe it's conference championship week already? Time's up for two of the teams playing this weekend, but you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch mean more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat like watching a game quite like having a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. Plus, for a limited time, you can get all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. Just download the DraftKings app now and use the code Locked On for a limited at a time, both new and existing users get a deposit bonus of up to $500 on your next deposit. New users, be sure to use the code locked on during your sign up and you'll get a free shot at $750,000 with your first deposit. That's code locked on and you can get up to $500 draft deposit bonus only at DraftKings. So I'll start and I like where you were going there because I put it in the film room too. And it, for me, it's about the fifth defender, the fifth rusher. And one thing that came up pretty repeatedly, again, as I look through the film from the last four or five weeks, that fifth rusher's got to be a little bit disguised. And so I, I think it plays perfectly into blitzing Tyron Matthew somewhere between the B gap to, to the very edge, maybe out of the nickel even, uh, but just defending it enough that it looks normal. I think that's going to be key, and I think he might be in for a very big game. It's definitely possible. The, the interesting part about that is, Kansas City has gone away from their four-safety look. They didn't play it near as much last week. Obviously, Thornhill being out, that's going to change things. But Armani Watts didn't play near as much as we expected him to. And I can't imagine they're going to go to a four-safety look when you're going up against Derrick Henry. 
So you would think that they're going to try to play as much base as they possibly can or heavy nickel like we've talked about. Yeah. Big key for me. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just agreeing with you. No, don't don't bother me. (laughs) Big thing for me going into this game is Patrick Mahomes. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast, and you and I have talked about this a lot off the podcast as well. The funny thing with him is going into this year, in bigger games last year, he really struggled going into big games. Uh, even some this year, he struggled in bigger games. He didn't come out looking like he was the normal Patrick Mahomes who was going to go out and hang 350 yards and four touchdowns on somebody. Yeah, Against okay. Houston, he was on point. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest games he's played this season, he was on point. He was dialed in completely in that game plan. I fully expect that he's going to be doing the same thing against Tennessee. And everybody that I've been following, uh, whether it be Herbie or Therese or Matt or any of the other people that we follow that are in Kansas City Media, they've all talked about how Patrick Mahomes was so pissed off last year after that New England game because he played so bad in the first quarter, or in the, sorry, in the first half. That is not going to happen this time around. I fully expect Patrick Mahomes is going to have a good game, and I fully expect that he is going to see and know what's coming from Tennessee and know where to get the ball. To me, I think Patrick Mahomes throws for another 350 yards and maybe four, another four touchdowns this week. I expect him to have a big game. Yeah, I can't argue with any of that, especially um, knowing what he had to do to get the ship righted last week. I, I have a feeling that you've spent an entire year getting back to this game, knowing that you only have one more step to take in order to get a championship. I have to feel like he, in particular, is going to drive from the get-go that there is no more room for drops. There is no more room for blown coverages. This has to get done. It has to be done near perfect as you can right now from the get-go. I expect him to be pretty fiery pregame. I hope that we get a chance to hear some of that. When You never know whether they'll have a mic around well, or not. And, and he's also going to be one of the healthiest times of his career this week. Or sorry, right. this year. One of his healthiest times is going to be this week. He was not healthy in that last Titans game and still threw for almost 450 yards. Yeah. I, he is, he is a nightmare for defenses to match up. And he has got, and I did like what Seth Kaiser wrote in his article about Mahomes this week, talking about how Mahomes has enough speed to get around the edge and get outside your defensive linemen and your outside linebackers. And if they start playing man against Kansas City, he is going to pick them apart, not necessarily just with his arm but with the runs that are just enough to get first downs to keep drives moving. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's about whether he gets flushed or not, whether he has to use his legs. Um, I will not be surprised. I'm not going to call for it this week, but I will not be surprised if he gets a touchdown uh, with his legs this week because Jarrell Casey's going to be right in the middle. He is clearly their best pass rusher on the edge or otherwise for over the last three weeks. And that's going to be key. You have Correa outside, you have Harold Landry outside, and I feel like they might be able to get some pressure, but I think the bulk of it is going to come up front. Does that mean that the Titans go to more of a blitz package as well? Because you can send Kenny Vaccaro. Um, you can send Logan Ryan if you want. You know Those guys are pretty good blitzing. Um, and it's about what that matchup, particularly in the A-gap with Casey, what it does to what they're trying to do. Because if they can be disruptive, it's going to force Mahomes out of the pocket which generally I would say is a bad thing, except for to hear Tyreek Hill talk about, they're looking forward to playing a man cover team like this. Do they mix more of their coverages? Or if they stay man and Mahomes gets flushed, 
this could be a huge firework game. It definitely could. And you have to expect that they're going to be ready for whatever is going to happen. Mahomes has been studying this offseason. And maybe Vrabel comes out and does something completely different against Mahomes and, go, and tries to go zone. But if you go zone against Patrick Mahomes, you're in a worse position than you are if you go man. Uh, he eats zones alive. He may struggle with it maybe the first series. But if you stay in that type of zone coverage, he is going to find the weaknesses and he will eat you alive in that regard. He has been doing fantastic when it comes to film review and knowing what to expect from different teams. So I can't imagine Tennessee is going to rewrite what they do on defense. It's just there's not enough time. Maybe going to the Super Bowl, you could do that. But on a week, you really don't have the time to do that. That's fair. One thing that we haven't talked about and to me was a huge thing going into that game against Tennessee the first time, you didn't have Eric Fisher. You say what you want about Eric Fisher. You say that he's not worth, people will say he's not worth, he wasn't worth the first round pick or the first overall pick when he was drafted. I will tell you this. They haven't lost since he's come back in. They're giving up less than a sack a game since he's come back in. And they were giving up three or four sacks a game when he was, when he wasn't playing. That is a huge deal. Harold Landry, I don't think he may get pressure on Mahomes. I don't know that Mahomes gets sacked more than maybe once in this game. I'm putting the over under on, times he gets sacked at 0.5 because yeah. the protection to me has been fantastic. And unless it's coming right up the gut, Mahomes, and if it comes right up the gut, I think Mahomes gets rid of the ball. So I like their chances on keeping Mahomes uh, clean. Yeah. And keeping him clean is definitely one of the major goals. The other one I think is to selectively use your speed at tailback. Um, I, you can't rely on just outside zone or a stretch and, and let Damian bust something. You can't rely on that. So I think we've talked in the past about using that pitch, getting it to the edges really fast. I think that's another goal that in order to kind of slow down some of that pass rush, the screen game and the outside pitch game have to be used. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. And I think what you're going to see in this game is I think you're going to see them take advantage of those I also think that the screen game is going to be something that can be very big and it could be used against Jarrell Casey specifically uh, because I do think that he's going to be trying to get as much pressure as he possibly can. You can use that against him, and I do think it would be smart for them to do that early on. Early on. So he's always thinking about it the rest of the game. Yeah, I'm with you. So That brings us to what we think is actually going to happen. Uh, I think I went first last week, so what do you got? How do you see this game coming down? I would love to tell you that I'm supremely confident. I was supremely confident going up against Houston, and people gave me a hard time about it, especially when Houston jumped out to a 24-0 lead. Uh, I am confident in this game. I'm not supremely confident because I know Derrick Henry has been on a tear, and I do think that he can really change this game. But I think what you look at Kansas City and you look at the team that they have, if they do what they want to do, if they're able to play offense the way they want to play offense, I don't think this game is going to be that close. I, I do think it could be a two-score game uh, because I think Kansas City's offense showed last week that when they are dialed in, it's going to be very, very hard to stop them. Seven touchdowns on seven drives. Uh, granted, Tennessee's defense is better than Houston's, but it's still not going to be enough, I don't think, to – uh, get, give Tennessee a chance to win this game. I think Kansas City is going to win this game. I think it could be 35-27 or 35-24. Like I like that. I, I agree with you with the, the two-score lead. I, I'm still a little bit concerned that if this goes the way that it should in my head, 
um, that there isn't that impetus. There isn't that continual drive. I worry about Andy Reid taking his foot off the gas. I'm not so worried about Patrick Mahomes doing that. So I, I'm more confident that they're going to power through. I do see the Titans breaking a couple. I see them getting some scores on some big plays, uh, whether it's play action or otherwise. So I think it's a two-score game, but I see it 41-28. That's a couple of field goals from Bucker. Uh, but I do think the Chiefs make it through and win this AFC championship and the Lamar Hunt trophy. Well, and what I think is interesting about what you just said is I understand where you're coming from with uh, the scores, and I understand why you would say that. I really don't know that I can see Andy Reid taking his foot off the gas in this game. He's been con- consistently asked week after week after week about that. And then you go into this game where you are one game away from playing in the Super Bowl, and you already know you have a piss-poor record against the Tennessee Titans overall and in general, and your overall playoff record in Kansas City is 3-5. and five. If Kansas City gets out to a big lead, I don't think Andy Reid's taking his foot off the gas in this game. He wants to get to a Super Bowl. He wants to win a Super Bowl, and this is his best opportunity yet. Yeah. It's a fair point, and there's a couple other ones to be made, too. Uh, We got a chance to get one from Matt. So it all comes down to this, Matt. You have the best feel for how this team is going into this game. So give me your impression of where they are at mentally and how you think this game's going to go. Yeah, you know, it's it's a little bit difficult to to completely gauge the kind of team to wait because of the this week is completely different the way that they run things and and actually I think is a factor I mean and I certainly think it was a factor last year for the Chiefs and that it's this week gets teams out of their routine because it's not handled the same way as a as a regular season or any of the other playoff games there's a different schedule that the league dictates and you you kind of have to squeeze into that and the Chiefs try to adapt to that um, but you know, from what we saw in the players on Wednesday, I mean, I, I think it was a pretty serious and straight laced group. I mean, I think you saw some game faces. Um, wasn't necessarily a lot of, you know, frivolity. I think it was, everybody was pretty serious and maybe a little bit more so than on a typical Wednesday. Um, but I, I think that's to be expected. I think the, the one thing that, you know, kind of stood out from talking to some of the players on, on Wednesday was just that, you know, the, the Chiefs have been there, so they understand now going into this game, the nature of it. And that's where I think the Chiefs probably do have an advantage, that they understand that this is going to be a physical game, that, that the officials are going to let some things go that normally wouldn't. And you got to be ready for that from the get-go. And it's going to be a new experience for most of the Titans. So I, I, I think that's an area that the Chiefs should have an advantage, and they need to take advantage of that early on. Well, I'm glad you bring that up. And then you start looking at what this game is going to mean when you start talking about matchups and start looking at the players going up against, uh, you know, the Chiefs going up against the Titans in certain matchups and the Titans going against the Chiefs in certain matchups. I'm curious, though, you're looking at this game going in. Do you think that they're going to try to dress an extra defensive lineman this game, knowing that they're going to be having Derrick Henry? Do you think that they're going to really kind of change the way that they're doing their defense this week? Well, I think it's a great question because, you know, what we, we really saw the second half of the season is that, especially against teams that have running backs that can catch the ball in the backfield and, and do some things, they have some speed. They've been going with more and more of this, this dime look with three safeties out there and, you know, and, and only playing two linebackers and oftentimes just one linebacker. You know, it's that Dan Sorensen usually becomes kind of a mm-hmm. de facto linebacker in there. And I don't know if you can do that with Derrick Henry. I, I don't know if you need a little bit more of a, a big nickel package. You just need a little bit more heft in there. Um, I don't, I, I don't know if the real question to me is, is how many, you know, D linemen that they bring into this game. I think it'll probably be the, 
general and same number. Um, I'm just more curious about how they're going to, you know, handle it at the linebacker position. Um, you know, are we going to see a little bit more Reggie Ragland this week? Are we going to see a more traditional four three? Um, you know, because what the Chiefs gain with that, that those diamond safety, you know, diamond and nickel looks with three safeties is they pick up speed. Yep. And that's the one thing that was really lacking when they were struggling earlier. What you got to decide is which one do you need? Which one is more important? Do you need strength or do you need speed? Derrick Henry's got both, which is the problem. Right. But, you know, which one do you truly feel like is what you really need? Well, in going into this game, I guess really where I was going with that is, you know, Dion Yelder dressed last week. I don't know if he'll dress this week. I'm wondering if that was something to do with Kelsey being injured. But, you know, having Xavier Williams back in this game would be big for them, uh, mainly because you're going to be tired in the fourth quarter. I don't care who you are, how many snaps you've played, you're going to be tired in the fourth quarter. But if you can rotate those guys, it's really going to help, in my opinion, uh, and being able to have those guys to be able to put in there in those big bodies. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, if you, as far as the Yelder question, I believe that, that that was related to Kelsey and that they just wanted to be able to make sure that they could, you know, run with their 12 personnel if they needed to. Um, they didn't have him, um, for any part of the game, but you know, I, I think that, that the other, you know, as far as just an active question, Darren Lee was inactive last week and surprising to me, you know, and he's been active most of the, most of the season. I mean, even though he hasn't gotten a lot of snaps on defense, he usually has gotten some work on special teams. I wonder if this is the week that he is active because you just want to be a little bit deeper linebacker. Makes sense to me. It may be something that gives you a little bit of a tween or two. Like nobody knows Derek Henry better than Reggie Ragland on this team. So I, I could see them trying to put him out there and we did see him play a few nickel snaps, but I can't think that that's going to be the base package. So I wonder if it's not a more traditional on first down and then go from there. But, I'm looking forward to it. Do you have a feel for what the net result is of this weekend's activities? Uh, I mean, I keep, I keep looking at it and I, I, the Chiefs are the better team. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that on me on paper. However, you want to, you know, slice it up. Chiefs are a better team. Titans are playing really, really good football right now. And, but everything comes down to Derrick Henry. If the Chiefs can, can keep him somewhat in check, then they're going to roll in this game. Um, I think the real question is just is going to be the Chiefs' offense. I mean, if the Chiefs' offense that we saw against Houston shows up for four quarters, it's not going to be any problem. Um, I'm going to be really curious as far as just the game plan goes because you know the the Chiefs have shown the ability, and we saw it you know against Houston, and they were forced to do it a little bit. But we know that they can move the ball at will. We knew that they can just they can have these three or four play drives, moving chunks, just like they did last season. Um, like I said, I think they had to do that a little bit out of necessity on Sunday, but you know, this is also Chiefs team can go out and, and run the ball for eight minutes and hold on to it, you know, and, and I think they might be wanting to do a little bit of that just to keep the ball away from Derrick Henry and the Titans. Um, I, I just, I still, I still don't see without there being, uh, maybe a couple of backbreaking turnovers or special teams plays that the Titans can stay in this. I've got the Chiefs winning 31 17. Nobody can have another first quarter like that, so I'm pretty comfortable with that. So, uh, seems folks, like it would be very hard to repeat that disaster. <laughs> as, as long as that guy stays at home, we'll be good. Right, right. That's pretty good, folks. Let us know what you think. Your predictions, etc. Hit us at Locked On Chiefs on Twitter, and you might as well include Matt Derrick on there just so he gets you know a few more predictions going his way. So, thanks for being here, Matt. Absolutely, guys. Great talking to you. So that's it for us this week, folks. Let us know what you think. How do you see this game going? Leave us a note at Locked On Chiefs on Twitter. 
Chris, I hope that this goes exactly how we want and we have a celebratory pod on Sunday. I hope we do too. Kansas City walking away with the Lamar Hunt trophy in Kansas City would be very fitting and and would be an amazing thing to see. I I really hope that it's going to be going the way that we hope it's going to. Well, here's here's to that, folks. We will have post-game for you no matter what. After the Chiefs uh, conclude the AFC Championship game, we hope that you will listen to us then. We thank you for listening to us now, and we'll talk to you that night. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com, where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.